welcome to episode 47 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey shares a crazy story from the Amazon, and I have an update on a previous little hero. Naturally, we learn about a couple new favorites and a very interesting animal of the week. Our challenge goes about as well as our challenges usually go, so I hope you did better. But let's get to it. Episode 47 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 47 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new unit of animals. I objected to the unit decision. Yes, I chose chose unit because like when you are reading a chapter in a book, sometimes it's called a unit. So you're learning about a different batch of animals. And I say it should have been union. Nope, disagree. Anyway. (laughs) But Casey, what have you been up to, aside from arguing with me, since last I saw you? I went to the zoo with my sister. How was it? Was it, how was it without masks? I'm sure people weren't wearing them. No, most people were wearing masks still. I'm shocked. Yeah. At the zoo? Yeah. There were, like, certain areas that people, there were, like, here and there people that just weren't wearing them. Mm -hmm. But... I feel like I we were talking about it like we felt like we could distinguish between who were the actual anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers, and who were the legitimately vaccinated because there were groups in which the parents were weren't wearing their masks, but their kids still were, mm-hmm. and they were like the kids that are too young to be vaccinated. So that's like how we were deciding who's who in the crowd. Yeah, like avoid these idiots. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, um, wasn't too crowded. Wow, I'm shocked. Yeah, it was it was about the same as how it is at the wow. safari park. Okay. Actually, maybe a little bit less than one of wow. the times I was at. So, yeah. Um, Are they doing the bus? See, they said, the, I remember looking up and it said the bus was closed, but I saw it running, but I never saw it running with people. So I don't know if those are people training or what was going on maybe. because they were still talking, but nobody was on the bus. Oh, weird. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know why they would do that mm-hmm. from a fuel standpoint, but I mean, yeah. they're doing like private tours and just using the buses. So I feel like yeah, but there was no one on there. Are you sure? Maybe they were short, Casey. I did not see anyone on top or bottom. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, I saw the new elephants in Elephant Odyssey. The new elephants? I know we're getting new elephants. Yes, some of the, two of the males, I think from the, they were, yeah, I'm pretty sure both from Safari Park went over to Elephant Odyssey. Okay. Yep. How they doing? They look good. Okay, yeah. good. And it was the first time in a long time I saw them doing like the interaction station where they're doing health checks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, I saw them cleaning their feet and stuff. Yeah. That I was cool. wonder that area makes it so easy to sneak into the elephant enclosure. <laughs> I am surprised it's just that. that one incident that has happened so exactly, far. Exactly, because like if no one's over there, like all you have to do is jump that fence, go yeah. there and sneak through the bars and there you are. You're I feel like there's several exhibits though you can easily get in. I guess they're depending on people not being stupid. Yeah. Which is stupid. Like people are real dumb. Like look at over like Bear Canyon, like it's pr- fairly oh, you easy. Can easily just drop yeah. there, but then you'd be screwed because you can't really get out. Yeah, you'd probably break your leg on the fall if you don't make yeah. the jump. You would. Oh, you would screw something up <laughs> yeah. down there. That's like at least a fifteen foot drop. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's video of somebody in that one. 
getting attacked from forever ago, back in like the 80s or 90s really? or something. Mm-hmm. At the San Diego Zoo? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't remember that. Yes. But huh. Apparently they said they were not mentally stable, which mm. I don't think anyone who's mentally stable... I remember seeing a woman who lost her job and stuff and was suicidal, and that was a different zoo. Oh. And they jumped in with the polar bears. Yeah, she was lucky. Also, if you're suicidal, uh, that's not... There's a more pleasant death. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, any animal is not a good way to go. Yeah, no. (laughs) That's going to be awful. I can't think of any animal where they kill you and it's a peaceful death. Your best bet is a jaguar if they went... Crush your skull. Yeah. That's the best bet you got. <laughs> Everything yeah. else is going to be god awful. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially it was, a bear. Oh, God. Yeah, like, bear? Like, canids, anything of the caniforms is not going to be a pleasant death. No. <laughs> like, they, they maul you. They're not going to kill you first. Yeah. Which is the big cats, too. They don't bother to kill you first either. They just, have, they just have to hope that they smack you and break your back. Well, they'll suffocate you. <laughs> they cut off your oxygen. Or crush your skull if you're a jaguar. If you're a jaguar. So uh, yeah. the moral story is if you're going to die by animal, jaguar, crush the skull. Best way to yeah. do it. But it was um, the Amur leopard cubs. I'm pretty sure it was the the cubs. They've been mm-hmm. moved over to the catwalk area. And they're right oh. adjacent to the snow leopards that are there. Wait, the catwalk area, but that should be the that. Should be that. Like near the raptors. Yeah, at the okay. end of that walk, they're down there now. But in the in that like leopard yeah. section, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're by in, the red panda. Yeah, next there and there's the gate closed, and the snow leopards on the other side of the yep. walk. And the a mer leopard was not happy, was growling at it. Ooh, yeah. snap! It was funny. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also went into the new Komodo and hummingbird. Oh, how's that? It's nice. Nice. Not a whole lot of hummingbirds. There's like three or four species. Okay. And I did not see many of them, but there's a lot of pretty South American birds. You could have come up with so many South American birds then, Casey, for other for our challenge. <laughs> it's time. not what, what the letters had in mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anyway, when is the children's thing supposed to open? I don't know, but I want to go into it. Me too. Also, like, that totally reminds me I have to renew my pass, and I'm debating... Mine's good until October. So have you gotten the um, thing to renew them yet? No. That breaks it down? I've gotten like the list for the new passes. So not cheap. So right now, because it's like the introductory rate, I could pay a reasonable amount of money Mm -hmm. more to still get my passes. Oh, you made it angry. (laughs) All the buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, But I could pay more money to get my passes still so I can still, or to get someone in with me. Oh. But I think that if I, I might do that anyway this time, but I'm sure they're going to jack that yeah. up next time. So that's to keep the pass we currently have? Essentially. Oh, okay. But it's um, like $150 more. Oh. <laughs> uh, I know which yeah. one you're talking about. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. But you get the free guest passes. I mean, you get basically everything I get now. Mm-hmm. But like at the introductory rate, it's sort of reasonable. But I, if it went back up, I wouldn't be able to do yeah. that. So I'm debating on it because... I use that a lot when people come into town mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't. It's just nice, but but also I work. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't use my free passes that much. It's I like, just don't get to go very often. Anymore. Yeah. Same. My, that's why I'm debating it because I love going alone, but I also like will bring friends with me and mm-hmm. stuff, and I have friends who want to go. But so I'm debating it. But the problem is, like, I work during the week, so yeah, we can only go on weekends when it's super crowded, mm-hmm. which I hate. Unless I wind up like switching a day for a weekend day, or I just have a day off. But yeah, 
Anyway, so I'm debating. Mostly just because of my work schedule. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd probably just do it. Yeah. But, and because you, you also get, you do get other special, you do get an, an invite to one of the nights. Mm-hmm. One of the special nights. Yeah. So that's not something I get now. Also, though, with COVID, <laughs> it was so bad when I brought my friend, when she came over from LA, I was like, I have the donor club, so can I go to the exit to, like, <laughs> skip this mess? But I was like, probably not in COVID times. Yeah, they were just using that as the other entrance because they had two lines, one for the main entrance and then another one what, what was normally the donor's entrance. Yeah. Well, the donor's entrance is just through the exit on both yeah. places. But they did not have that set up. Yeah. But I was very tempted to walk past the line going there, and I'm like, I'm a donor, yeah. so... Don't I still get this, or does this yeah. not work in COVID times? Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, but I really one of the things I'm looking forward to the new children's zoo is the insect house. Of course you it's are. It's going to be a bigger insect house, and I like the invertebrates and stuff. Yeah, you do. We know. Like, that. yeah. I just want to see it. It's supposed to be cool, and they've been working on it for years, which obviously COVID slows everything. Yeah. And of course, I have to go in there, but avoid the children. <laughs> no, don't go in October. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Free children's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kids getting free, Chris. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, eventually I'll go back to the zoo. But on happier notes, mm-hmm. it's Tiger Lily's birthday. Weep. Kind of. We know that she's born in June. Yeah. So I have assigned her birthday to the summer solstice, which means it's going to change every year. Yeah. So I might keep her on the 20th because that's what it is this year. Um, but anyway, but it's her birthday. She's two. I'm really ready for the bad behavior to stop. Really ready yeah. for that. Um, I also accidentally literally kicked her off my bed the day because she was lying on the outside and I didn't know she was there and I just moved my leg and I felt her and then she like kind of fell off. Yeah. So, oopsies. I'm surprised Sorry. when I had cats, one of my cats would sleep on my back while I was asleep. It's like, how do you do that? Because I swear like every night I have an exorcism in my sleep because I wake up and it's like my bed was so nice when I went to bed. What happened? People apparently strangle themselves in their own sheets. Yeah. So, you know. That's going to be how I go one day. <laughs> Jaguar, we're strangled by our own sheets. Um, anyway, yeah. But happy birthday to Tiger Lily. We've had her for almost two. No, that sounds wrong. Yeah, two years because. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We've only had her for like a little over a year. Mm-hmm. She was like eight months when we got her. Because obviously we got her literally the weekend before everything shut down for COVID. Yeah. Oh, crazy times. Yeah. Anyway, but she's she doesn't like me working because I wasn't working when we first got her. At least not full time. Yeah. And she sits outside my room and howls apparently oh. when I'm gone. Yeah. Poor baby. Poor little babies. Uh, it makes me sad when I see the videos of the cats just sitting there meowing for their owners to come they back. They want them. <sighs> oh my gosh, my friend from LA showed me because she's got a kitty recently. And when she left for work, it was so upset and, like, goes up in the mm-hmm. kitchen window and is, like, looking for her and, like, yowling and so upset that she left. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Anywho's. All right. Well, we should probably move on into our stories for today. And I already know what's coming. <sighs> yep. Go with it. Yes. So I will be talking about... Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos won't stop having sex and are ruining rivers with toxic poop. Yep. You <laughs> coke hippo. That's just what I was wanting to start using as insult. Coke hippo. <laughs> the coke's not working. If you... Nope, not working if you're a hippo. <laughs> yes. So, 
So, there's just two quotes I want to say directly from the article. Scientists say the hippos, which weigh up to 4,000 pounds each, have been getting busy <laughs> and took over Colombia's rivers. And they're poisoning the other wildlife with their toxic poop and urine. Oh, my God. Don't worry. The large animals aren't carrying cocaine. They are survivors from Escobar's Hacienda Nepolis a state that he smuggled from a United States zoo back in the 1980s. I just, so many things. So first of all, they have to say, don't worry, they're not carrying cocaine. <laughs> and then also that um, they were smuggled. How do you smuggle hippos? Yeah, and the, these hippos, which there's about 80 now, um, originate from one male and three females. Super inbred coke hippos. Yes. So that's part of the- Imagine a hippo and coke. No. <laughs> It'd be so cute your ears. Oh, dude. Like, it'd be crazy. No hippos on coke. No. But also, part of the insult now of calling someone a hippo or a coke hippo is also insulting that they're inbred as well. Yeah. So you're bad at coke. Yeah. And, or you are so heavy and fat that, like, you're still a hippo after doing coke. Oh, my God. And you're also inbred. Oh, Jesus. But anyway. So yeah, currently there's 80 now, and how they were here is that back when Escobar was alive and had his cocaine empire, mm -hmm. he had his own private zoo, which included these hippos. Most of the animals were taken and exported to others to local zoos, but they could not do that with hippos because they're very large and aggressive. Mean. <laughs> so they just stayed in the river in the area, and now they have grown to a population of about 80. And it's projected by the year 2040, they can have over 1,400. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the problem is because of Colombia, it's much wetter than in Africa. Mm -hmm. So the water's stable year-round. There's no predators that can kill them in South America. What even usually hunts, I mean, only baby? They don't only go for like, baby hippos in Africa, right? Yeah, like there could be crocodiles, crocodiles that could go after the calves yeah. and like... Occasionally, a large pride of lions. Yeah, might go after, but usually yeah. they're still going to go after babies or really, really injured adults. Yeah, but yeah. So there's nothing managing their population. So they're just having sex and continue to populate. Can you imagine the jaguar trying to crush their skull? Dude, like, <laughs> like jaguars, they're the third biggest cat, but there's not it. No, no. no way. Like, only th the largest predators are the jaguar and the cougar. It's like, those aren't taking down a hippo. snakes that eat a lot of stuff, but they can't get a hippo. No. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. And the reason that there's such a problem now is because they produce poop that causes algal blooms, which then the increase of algae depletes all the oxygen, kills the fish, and the ecosystem goes to shit. Obviously, yeah. So, yeah. They're wrecking the place, and one of the... Really, the only option that would be good for getting rid of them and lowering the population would be to cull them. And they predict to manage population effectively would be culling of just 30 hippos each year. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of local opposition to that because the hippos are a source for tourist income. As they, there's a local theme park as well as saf oh hippo God. safari tours for these. Oh my gosh. And they, Bring in a lot of money well, for the so community. Why do you need hippos? You're in the Amazon. You have so many <laughs> cool animals to go on. Yeah, but before. like, keep in mind, like, all places have cool animals except to the locals. That's true. <laughs> it's like, talk to, like, 
I remember people from Hawaii coming over to the mainland and they're like amazed by the most basic things. <laughs> it's like that wherever you go. It's like you're used to searching animals like where you are. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess, but still. But yeah. also hippos are evil and not evil, but they're really aggressive. <laughs> yeah. They are one of the most deadly animals in Africa and like mm-hmm. we're going to take over South America yeah. and make that even worse. There's already terrifying things and that's the need. A huge school of piranha. <laughs> like a real big school of piranha. I've seen a piranha feeding a couple of times. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's one way to say that. What? Anyway. It's, they're well fed, so it's not as terrifying looking. <laughs> Just the swarm video is scary. <laughs> anyway. But, um, okay, well, don't do drugs. Yes. Another... <laughs> That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. But another solution that they tried, which will not work, is castration of the male. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the problem with that is that hippos are among the few mammals with internal testicles. Oh, boy. So it would be hard to find. So they have to catch them and drug <laughs> yeah. them to be able catch to... Catch them, drug them, mm-hmm. dissect them. Yeah. So, yeah, the calling is the best option other potential would be chemical sterilization, but even that's not particularly effective. So, yeah. Oh, boy. They're causing problems, and people don't want to get rid of them, so they will probably continue to cause problems. Cause problems. But they would still have a population to get tourism for, at least for a mm-hmm. while, even if they took out a few yeah. every year. But anyway. But yeah, you see similar things. Like with Catalina, there's a bunch of bison that don't belong there. They should be cold, but... The locals don't want them because they're like the iconic symbol of the island. Which is very weird. It makes zero sense. Because how do bison have gotten over there naturally? They would not. Yeah. Imagine a bison yeah. swimming over to Catalina. Well, they used to have mammoths. Okay. But that was a long, <laughs> long time ago. And the bison were not over there. Yeah. Also, we could relocate the bison. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to relocate yeah. 80 hippos. <laughs> yeah. Also, God knows what diseases you drop into a population that you brought it into. Mm-hmm. If you were to just toss them in Africa somewhere. Anyway. All right. Well, don't do drugs because then you might be dumb enough to get a bunch of hippos and let that go crazy mm-hmm. and destroy your own home, essentially. Kind of like, <laughs> I'm sure drugs may have been involved in people first getting all the pythons that they released in the Everglades. <laughs> Isn't like Florida's second main is Port Meth or I, something? Yeah, they're pretty high on. They're pretty big on. They're pretty high on meth. <laughs> I meant that as in like a lot of it. <laughs> anyway, um, like that's their main export along with oranges, right? <laughs> I don't really know. But anyway, um, oh, invasive species, mm-hmm. fun times. But when you're invasive species as a fucking hippo, <laughs> what yeah. a mess. What do, what do like? What do the capybara think? They're like swimming along. They're, they're like, getting the chased away. They're probably this? yeah. And the bush dogs are like, yeah. what the snap? Well, I saw a picture of it. A uh, hippo chasing an iguana. <laughs> they're nasty, man. They're mean. They're mean things. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, in in better news, I guess. Um, I we have talked about this little guy before. Um, Magawa, if I'm saying that right. Magawa, maybe? We don't know. Anyway, he's a little hero rat who was detecting landmines and stuff and over in Asia, and he's retired. So, good news, little guy. He sniffed out 39 landmines and 28 unexploded munitions in his career, and he's seven years old. 
Um, and he, anyway, so he was doing that for a long time, and now he gets to retire, which makes me think he's probably close to death. Yeah, he's he's old for a rat. Yeah. So, um, but he's super cute, and I can link the article. But anyway, we talked about him originally just because he was awarded the medal, mm-hmm. the PDSAs. I don't remember what that is anymore. Um, gold medal for animal gallantry or devotion to duty mm. is what it's for. And of the 30 animal recipients, he's the only rat, so... <laughs> He's a first-timer. Woo! Anyway, yeah, but it also talks a little bit more about him that he was trained by the Belgium-registered charity Apopo? Apopo? Whatever. Which is based in Tanzania and has been raising the animals known as Hero Rats, but, like, all caps rats, um, <laughs> to detect landmines and tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. I did not know that part since the 1900s. Anyway, they're certified after your training. But anyway, so yeah, so he gets to retire after all of all of his his tough work. They just put their little harness on and they like string out a little area that they go check. And they're saying about them that um, he can uh, search a field the size of a tennis court in just twenty minutes. And a person doing that would take one to four days, between one to four days. So he's super. What if it was a dog? It'd probably blow up. It's <laughs> <laughs> because they're too high. that's the point of a rat is it's not going to set it off what if we did this with monkeys we're not blowing up monkeys like no they'd be awful <laughs> they have no no extraordinary senses no they would step on it and blow up constantly the point of a rat doing it is he's not going to set it off because it's too late <laughs> He has a dog or something, and there it's going to blow up. I mean, a chihuahua. You'll find it one way. Or a dachshund. <laughs> no. Little stubby things. No, they're still going to, if they step on a hard enough. I'm pretty sure chihuahua's heavier than this rat. Unless it's like a little teeny cheek cup chihuahua. You're not yeah. going to keep them focused. Chihuahuas, have you seen a chihuahua as any kind of service dog or trained dog? <laughs> to attack. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's the ones in the movies, but like, that's not the same thing. Yeah. Actually, they should make Chihuahua police dogs. Those things are nasty. <laughs> Release the Chihuahuas. <laughs> Isn't there like a myth of like the Chihuahua as being the guard dog for the Aztec or something? I have no idea. It could be, but I would think not. But they're just nasty. Yeah. Nasty little attitudes. And one of my, one of my, some of my family members, they just only ever had Chihuahuas. And it's like, why? Why? I mean, they're smaller and easier to handle. Yeah. And I have met, because two of my favorites where we used to work were Chihuahua mixes. Mm. Two of my absolute favorite dogs. I wonder where they are now. I love those dogs. They were so sweet. But anyway, I'm trying to um, think of the worst dog from work. No. The worst one. There's an Irish setter I'm thinking of. Oh, I don't know. But there are no. two Chihuahuas I loved, uh, Carmelo and Isabella. Mm. They're not from the same family, but oh. <laughs> they were so sweet. And I was always just like, if your dog goes missing, it's me, <laughs> because I love them. They're so sweet. I love them. So I sweet. make that joke to my friends as like, I'm gonna steal your cat. <laughs> Like, like, it's, it's so sweet. <laughs> anyway, um, so they do exist. Nice ones exist, but they're pretty evil yeah. in general. Anywho, so, um, yeah, so that's my why he's returning or retiring, excuse me. And I only bring it up because we literally just talked about him mm-hmm. like a month ago. Thank but, you for your service. I know. Thank you for your service, <laughs> little Um. Anyway, but that brings us to our picks this week. <laughs> Which was Casey's choice. Why are you laughing already? Because I, I, I put myself in a hard place yeah, again. You do this all the time. It's like the Beatles. <laughs> it's like 
favorite beetle. I'm like, there's so many beetles. Uh, what is our category, Casey, that I just gave up and chose a specific type? South American birds. Yeah. <laughs> South American bird. Super giant topic. So what did you do? Because I, I chose a type and went with that to make life possible. I went with the greater Rhea. Okay. A murder bird. <laughs> Great. Its scientific name is Rhea Americana. Their geographic range includes much of the southern half of South America, including Brazil, Bolivia, and Argentina. Mm-hmm. They typically live in grassland habitat, but can also be found in open woodlands and marshes. And it is the largest bird in the Americas. That makes sense. Yes. They average 1.5 meters long, 1.3 to 1.7 meters tall, yeah. and 26 to 36 kilograms. Yeah, what are their feet like, Casey? They're long. They are have terrifying. Not like a cas, not like a cassowary, but like like an ostrich, maybe. That's still bad. <laughs> yeah, average lifespan for these guys about estimated to be about thirteen years. <laughs> that was the chair. Sure. <laughs> I hope it was the chair, not you. It was not me. Okay, good. <laughs> <Thank> gosh. <laughs> Due to their large size, adults have very few predators, including the cougar, mm-hmm. and they are omnivorous, but the vast majority of their diet consists of plants like grasses, seeds, and occasionally crops that they find in agricultural fields. Okay, great. <laughs> they also occasionally feed on small vertebrates, like small birds and reptiles like snakes. Oh, wow. They will also feed on various insects, however... Animals only consist about 1% of their diet. Oh, yes. everything else is plants and stuff? Yes. And stuff. Yeah. They also swallow small stones that helps their gizzard break down their hard-to-digest food. Don't other birds do that too? Yes. Okay. And as Allie alluded to earlier, they are a species of rhydite, which is a group of birds that includes several large flightless birds. Do you happen to know who's in that? Because we've talked about the cassowary. Cassowary, emu, emu there. ostrich, is ostrich. There. who else? And the Rhea. Yeah, Rhea. Uh, kiwis. Oh, okay, yeah, but they're just yeah. smaller versions. I'm and not afraid of a kiwi. This one's a bit more disputed, but Tinamous. Oh, I don't know what that one is. Yes, um, it's a small bird in South America, but it can fly. Oh, well, then it's not accounting because <gasps> well, it can fly. Well, like, Brad, it's a phylogenetic it's a monophyletic group, I think. I have to double check that, but I may be wrong. Uh, but tinamous are included in that, and they're the only ones that can fly. Okay, well, I disagree. And they're the most distant—they're most distantly related that from the sense. others. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Back to the greater Rhea, though. Yes, but these birds—they um, are all flightless, but they evolved their flightless lifestyle independently of each other. Whoa. Yes. But they have such similar builds for yeah. the most part. Yeah, they do. Like, um, the kiwi is not most closely related to the cassowary or emo, which are geographically closest to it. But their closest relatives are the extinct elephant bird from Madagascar. Oh, okay. So, yeah. They all evolved flightlessness. Separately. Yes. But their body types are so similar. Yes, they are. It's a very successful strategy and example of convergent evolution. You have to look like this to not fly. Yes. <laughs> Penguins are very different. Penguins are weird. <laughs> okay, anyway. 
even though they are flightless, they have very pow relatively powerful wings that they will use like sails to assist them when they're running or making turns. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Both males and females mate with multiple partners in a mating season. Males will compete with each other for territory and then build nests to try to impress the females. Okay. When a female mates with a male and lays the eggs in his nest, she will move on to another male. <laughs> in one breeding season, she can lay up to 40 eggs. Oh, wow. And a male nest can hold up to 30. Holy snap. Yeah. And when a male determines that his nest is full, he will chase off the females, which will then move on to another male. <laughs> Not interested. Yeah. And just like other... Most other radites, the male is responsible for rearing the chicks. Yes. Yep. And these guys are listed on Appendix 2 under CITES, and they are listed as near threatened by the IUCN red list. All right. Their population is currently in decline. Major threats include hunting for meat and skins, as well as habitat loss for agriculture and cattle. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do the females do after they lay the eggs? They just go off and have a party? Yeah, they just go on with their life. Nice. Okay. All right. I love it. Well, when he presented this ridiculously broad topic. I had a hard time choosing. Yeah, you do this to yourself. <laughs> I was like, ugh. I was like, there's so many South American birds. I'm like, what bird is like quintessentially South American to me? And I was like, toucan. Gotta go with a toucan, and then I had a hell of a time choosing a toucan because they're so cool <laughs> and they're so pretty. But anyway, I went with the white-throated toucan, and their scientific name is Ramphastos toucanus. I feel like that was pretty close. Yeah. Anyway, range extends from southern portion of Venezuela down to the northern regions of Brazil. They primarily live in tropical rainforest habitat, but can also be found in woodland and Riverine forest? Mm -hmm. What is a riverine forest? Just a forest that surrounds the river? Yeah, along riverbanks. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Anyway, um, their average length is 50 to 61 centimeters. Average house cat height is 24. <laughs> so longer than an average house cat, <laughs> at least height was. Um, the beak alone can be 12 to 22 centimeters. They uh, can weigh in a range from 425 to 830 grams, with males typically being larger than females. They get their name due to the white plumage underneath the beak. They feed on a large variety of food, including many fruits, as well as flowers, many invertebrates, and occasionally small vertebrates. I should say that without droning off. Small vertebrates. <laughs> <laughs> um, like many other birds, they are frugivores. And diet makes them important for seed dispersal of various plant species to maintain the forest population. I feel like a lot of birds are just frugivores. Yes. Okay, makes sense. It was initially considered to be three separate species, with older classifications being based on bill color, but it has been observed that they interbreed frequently, and these three species have been downlisted to the subspecies level. They're listed as vulnerable by the IUCN Red List. Population is currently in decline. Major threat is deforestation in the Amazon Basin. Forests primarily being cleared for cattle and soy production. All you soy product people. Soy's just in everything. It is, but I feel like we do a little too much of that. Another significant threat to the species' survival is increased hunting of the species. Why are you hunting a toucan? There's not that much meat on them. It's probably for their beaks or for the pet trade. I was in the pet trade makes sense yeah. to me. They're super beautiful. 
So anyway, they're super duper cute. Obviously, we will have a picture of them. Um, but yeah, that is the white-throated toucan and the greater Rhea. Yes. Now we've mostly discussed most of the murder birds. We haven't really talked about ostrich. Yeah. Yep. We didn't talk about emus. No, did that's we? true. Yeah. Did I tell you? I. But ostrich and emus are the basic ones. They are. <laughs> did I tell you because I grew up in the boonies that? First of all, I know you also have probably had this this happen where you're driving to the road and you it's very slow because there's a tractor and you yeah. have to wait for the tractor to be able to get off the road. But then also one day I had massive traffic going out and I'm like, what is going on? And I finally get up there and there are two escaped emus just running wild. So oh my gosh! To the emus and I'm like, only in this place am I now going to be late because of an emu issue. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I've seen like ostrich farms too in mm-hmm. some They're places down here. Park, or at least they have, well, they used to have them by the park where you see them out. Yeah. And then they've seen eggs. like the ostrich eggs for sale and stuff. They have that, but there used to be an ostrich farm yeah. out there. Because mm-hmm. I had friends who'd be like, oh my gosh, there's all those things. I'm like, we're going to see way, way cooler stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> I remember it's like, I want to try it. It's like just an egg, but like, <laughs> I know I'm weird. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm yeah. just, it's just weird. It's just like it'd be it'd feed an entire family with one egg. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but well, that's for me to have my giant omelet that I eat every morning. Gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our favorite South American birds, kind of, I think. Yeah, kind I'm of. I'm pretty sure you've actually said something about this next animal. Yes. And our animal of the week, Casey, is... The Watson. The Watson. Right? Yes, Watson. Okay, great. So what is so cool about these birds? I will tell you so. I'm going to butcher some names first. Awesome. <laughs> yes, so these guys come from the order of Pistocomiformes. Okay. <laughs> and the family Pistocomididae. Mm-hmm. And their scientific name is Pistocomus Watson. Pistocomus Watson? Watson. Watson. Just like the name except without a T. Watson. Yes. Wilson. The H is silent. Wilson. Es español. <laughs> es español. Okay. Bueno. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So these guys are found throughout much of the northern half of South America, including much of the Amazon basin, Venezuela, Guyana, Ecuador, Colombia, and Peru. They live in marsh-like habitat, living in forests along river banks and lakes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Average lifespan is about 14 to 15 years. They are 60 to 66 centimeters in size, and are that's roughly the size of a pheasant. Oh, okay. That's pretty yep. good size. Mm-hmm. And they have a unique diet among birds in that they are folivores. Okay, so they eat foliage, like yes. leaves and stuff? Is that yes. what that is, basically? The vast okay. majority of their diet is composed of leaves. Who did we leaves. talk about who was a folivore? Hmm. It was last season. Was it a pick or an animal of the week? Somebody was. Yes. I forget who I want to say it was an animal of the week. I feel like it was an animal of the week. <laughs> but I don't remember who. Anyway. Quokka. Was I, it? Yeah. I think okay. so. All right. Pretty sure. Not a bird. No. <laughs> at all. Anyway, yeah. Continue on. Yes. They're not particularly good at flying. <laughs> Great. They can, but um, their breastbone has very little space for flying muscles to attach. Okay. So, so they get tired really fast. Yeah. And um, during breeding season, they make nests and branches that are about two to four and a half meters above the water surface. So it's just like trees that are hanging out over the water, I take it? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
and both the male and female share the responsibility of incubating the eggs. Good job. <laughs> and the chicks are relatively precocial compared to other birds. What does that mean? It means they can kind of take care of themselves. Oh, wow. They, they're tough okay. <laughs> compared to other birds because um, other birds, they fall out, nest, and they're like, no, you're, you're done. <laughs> you mean the parents or the other chicks that kick them out? <laughs> Or both. It could be both. Okay. Yes. But here's what's cool about them. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things. They're weird birds in general. But when the chicks get spooked, they will intentionally jump out of the nest into the body of water below. Oh. Yes. And when the threat is gone, they will swim to the base of the tree their nest is in, then climb up using a pair of claws that are located on their wings. Yes, they have little claws on their wings that they use to climb up the tree. So this is a new adaptation of Hitchcock's The Birds. <laughs> they can't fly well, but they will scratch you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it turns out several other birds also have similar wing claws. They all will eventually use them, but they don't use them like the Watson does. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they have a highly specialized digestive system to due to their leaf-based diet. The problem with leaves is they have little nutrition, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you have to eat a lot, and it will take up a lot of space, which is the exact opposite of what you want when you're a flying animal, because flying takes up a lot of energy, yep. and it's much better if you're lightweight. Yeah, you want to be lightweight. Yeah. So in their evolution, there has been a trade-off between digestion and flying. Ah, okay. Because in order to digest the leaves, they need to be fermented in an organ called the crop, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is in all birds, but... It acts as a storage chamber, but it's a bit different in these guys. But basically how it functions is similar to how ruminants like cows digest grass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is a form of fermentation called foregut fermentation. Okay. Which basically, as the name suggests, involves fermentation in the front portion of the digestive system, as opposed to hindgut fermentation, which occurs in animal the perissodactyls, which includes animals like rhinos, horses, and tapirs. Okay. Yeah. And foregut fermentation is much more efficient in extracting energy. Hmm, Okay. Yep. And due to their specialized diet, their crop is significantly larger than that of other birds. And it is also full of a bunch of different kind of bacteria that perform the fermentation process for them. Yay, friendly bacteria. (laughs) We all rely on... There's actually plenty of books on your microbiome, how you're more bacteria than you are you. (laughs) (laughs) So when you go accept an award, I'd like to thank all my bacteria for yes. keeping me going. <laughs> you should. You, you need them. There's actually pr- things where you'll take a pill to because you yeah. have a poor microbiome. <laughs> yep. And da, 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 da. So, so one of the things that results from them having this fermentation in their crop. I get nervous anytime you smile like this. <laughs> it produces a manure smell. So they kind of stink. So they just existing smell like manure? Yeah. Ugh. Which gives them the nickname skunk bird. Okay. This bird is also an evolutionary mystery because it is the only member of its entire order. It's the only one in that whole order. That's crazy. (laughs) Yes. And due to the rapid diversification of birds that happened after the Cretaceous, Phylogenetic analysis of birds like the Watson has been very difficult to determine, so we're not sure what its closest living relative is. Hmm, okay. Yes, it's, I've seen things including turkeys to other South American birds. Hmm, okay. Yeah. 
and these guys are currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list and their population is currently in decline major threat being deforestation us yes it's always us usually mm-hmm. so if they dive into the water to avoid a predator mm-hmm. but then what if one of those co-kippos is there <laughs> and just snatches them up I'm not sure if they're in the same area did I say Colombia Cupcake yeah. start in Colombia. Yeah, they're in Colombia. So maybe, um, you're goner. <laughs> Especially if they're cooked up. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, if they're jumping out of a nest, they could hurt their wing, Casey. Yeah. So what did the oh bird God. use to fly when he hurt his wing? An airplane? A sparrow shoot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll give you this. That was a better transition than most of yours. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, last time I realized I should have done it earlier. As yes, you should, should have. I was like, ugh, here we go again. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, a sparrow shoot. It's so cute. Anyway, okay. Well, that brings us to our challenge. We're very birdie this week, too. Yes. We keep, this happens a lot. This was the same time we did the kiwi because we did the cassowary. Oh no, sorry, the kiwi's in our animal of the week. Go animal of the week. I thought kiwi was. No. Oh kiwi wait, no, was it wasn't. It was the takahi. Oh, takahi, yeah. Um. Anyway. It's for the birds we today. We get these like total bird episodes happening, and my friends are terrified of birds. Why? More terrified of these birds with claws on their wings. There's cool. There. There's also pretty. In my opinion, they are. Okay. They have a little crest on their head. Oh, but they smell like literal shit. Yes. <laughs> but all they're right. cool. I, I'm not arguing. They're like really cool. One I'm, of my favorites I'm of all time. I'm not arguing at all that they're not cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Well, it's time for the challenge. Yes. Which we will no doubt fail because we've been really good at our challenges lately. Five minutes is our standard. Yes. And we are going to name animals that have other animals in their name. Okay. Okay, I'm not limiting this to South America because there's no way we'll get very far. Okay. All right, I will go first, and I am going to say the um, peacock mantis shrimp. Ah, tiger quill. <laughs> tiger quill. Uh, tiger shark. Peacock's jumping spider. <laughs> All the peacock things. Um. I'm having trouble with this elephant shrew. Uh, leopard shark. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. <laughs> a tiger barb. Big on tigers. Tiger trevally. A lionfish. <laughs> <laughs> Saw me cats. <laughs> Let's see. Gold lion tamarin. Oh, I like that one. Okay. Um... I don't know why I'm like panicking suddenly. There's definitely other ones, plenty of them. A, um, we had other ones that had literally names in them because I asked you about them. Oh, Tiger Pole was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Mantis Shrimp. Oh, the, uh, oh my God, I blanked on it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> I yeah. suggested this mess. Um, a zebra eel. Zebra eel? Or eel, technically. Okay. Let's see. Um... What's called that? Snakehead catfish. Okay. 
I'm pretty sure there's a zebra finch, right? Yes, there is a zebra, a zebra finch. finch. Hmm. Let me think. Why can't I think of one? I know. There were some, there was one day I was seeing like, there's all these animals. Oh my gosh. Owl moth, my gosh. <laughs> Butterfly moth. <laughs> Let's see. Sand tiger shark. Eurasian eagle owl. Mm hmm. Butterfly fish. A lot of butterfly stuff happening, man. Um, a, um, that's not a thing. Why is that in my head? That makes zero sense. I totally had one lined up. Oh, an elephant seal. Elephant seal? Leopard seal. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Um, a whale shark. Whale shark? Hmm. Oh I'm my gosh. Not tracking at all how many were. Nope. Oops, we messed well. up. Oh my goodness. Alligator gar. What is that? It's a big fish. Okay, I guess. They're cool and also weird. Weird. Okay. <laughs> um a Nope, that's not really a thing. Um a Why is it so difficult suddenly? <laughs> we were doing so well earlier. Yep. Um, a uh, why is it so hard? Oh, oh, rhinoceros beetle. All right, zebra mussel. <laughs> um, a horse fly. An owl fly. <sighs> Does a fairy fly count? No. <laughs> a fairy's not considered an animal. <laughs> a water bear. That's a water one. bear. Yeah. Hmm. Oh my gosh! What the heck? Now why am I struggling? I don't know. Let me think, let me think. You said mantis shrimp. Mm -hmm. Can we count Yeti crab? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Much. Anteater. Dogfish. Dogfish, dang it. Uh, Dog-based pufferfish. A catfish. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Rabbit fish. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can say a ball of shark because it's a fish, not a shark. Yeah, no. Okay. Fine. Um, I will say a... Why am I dying now? <laughs> oh, no. We're going to run out of time. Um, a... I don't think I have one. Nope, we're out of time. One of your picks was a good one. Who? Spotted eagle ray. Oh, yeah, literally. I uh, said eagle owl. Oh, well. Well, we failed with that. I really thought that was going to go better. There was one day yeah. where I was looking at some random list that had nothing to do with that, and it was all these animals that have other animals in them. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. there's so many. Also, you sl I let you slip up and when you said water bear. <laughs> 
think that shouldn't count because that's more of it's something that it's not. It still has an animal name in the other name in the animal yeah. name. A bear is in it. <laughs> yes, but it's not a bear. It doesn't have to be. And dog fish <laughs> is not dog. <laughs> but it is a fish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, that didn't go great. It wasn't horrible. It's better than most, I would say. Yeah. We're getting slightly better at this, but not by much. Anyway, but that brings us to the end of episode 47. Thank you for listening. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of Animal Addicts Podcast.